Let's pray. Holy Father, thank you for this evening and thank you for your word. I pray that you teach us and instruct us and uh, edify us in your word and uh, that we would know you and your son all the more, uh, that we would have an eternal and abiding hope. Uh, and I pray that you would equip us, uh, that you'd put your word and your gospel, the good news of your son on our lips, uh, that you give us opportunity to uh, speak it, whether uh, out uh, evangelizing or uh, with neighbors, family, friends, those we encounter in our lives. I pray that you'd put people in our path and uh, give us the opportunity and the boldness to uh, speak your word and truth and love. And I pray that uh, you would use us and work through us by your spirit and uh, through the salvation that's in your son and that you bring glory and honor to your name. And we pray in your son's name. Amen. Well, I said that we would be looking at creation uh, this week, uh, and we, we will be. So turn to John chapter 1. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we had this uh, long kind of introduction survey of the Torah and then Genesis, and I was like, okay, we have uh, one week uh, left with this month, and then we have a week off. Uh, and so there, there are some things I, I want to look at in uh, John chapter 1, uh, really to see how John draws on uh, the creation, I mean, starting at eternity past, uh, before it, and draws on creation, uh, and his gospel is even structured around uh, the opening of the six days of creation, uh, the garden, uh, his temple, uh, and even uh, you have... Uh, sin and the serpent and such uh, along the way. He draws on all of this imagery uh, to really talk about uh, the beginning of God's new creation that he's going to, uh, to bring about uh, even, even a greater uh, than uh, his prior uh, work uh, at the, the very beginning of history. And so I, I want to really look at the, the wedding at Cana, but we're going to kind of look through a bit of the, the flow of John uh, to see these uh, six days along the way. Uh, and then following the six days, uh, with as John the Baptist prepares the way for the first three days, uh, and then uh, Jesus comes, he's baptized uh, day two, John proclaims him day three, uh, and then in the next three days, four, five, six, uh, Jesus... Uh, goes and begins to call his disciples, uh, to call his people to himself, uh, and to uh, really be begin uh, his ministry. And we'll see that on day six at Cana, he's going to perform a new uh, creative uh, work. Uh, the one who was uh, the eternal creator, who existed as God and with God for all eternity, through whom all things were made, and apart from whom uh, not even one thing that has been made was made. He's going to uh, perform a great creative uh, miracle at the end of this, uh, and his disciples uh, will see his glory and believe in him. And so, first, 
I assume you're all familiar with the prologue of John, uh, first 18 verses. And we'll just touch on the first few verses, but then I want to get into the, the testimony of uh, John the Baptist. And so here at the start, uh, it starts almost where Genesis begins, but maybe even a little or a lot earlier, uh, eternity uh, past. Uh, Genesis is really there. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So before that was eternity, God's first work of creation, bringing uh, the very fabric and material uh, of the heavens and the earth uh, into being. Uh, and then for the first three days, uh, he begins to prepare that creation uh, to bring it from its barren, dark, uninhabitable state uh, to make it a, a flourishing, uh, ordered creation for the inhabitants uh, in days uh, four through uh, six. Uh, luminaries, beasts, man. But here uh, in chapter one, verse one, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And so this is even before creation. Uh, this is uh, the, the communion uh, of the word through whom all things were created, the eternal uh, logos, the eternal son uh, with, with the father uh, in the eternity past. And in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Uh, unity, he is God, but distinction. Uh, at the same time, it's all summarized in he or this one was in the beginning with God. And then verse 3, you see uh, his work of creation. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. States it positively, in case you didn't get the message, states it negatively, universal positive. All things were made through him. And without him, not anything was made that was made. And Jehovah's Witness as well. He was made. No, not, not, not even one thing uh, was made uh, that was not made through him. Uh, he existed from eternity past and brought all things uh, into creation. And the Father brought all things into creation uh, through the Son. He's the agent of creation. Uh, and you see the Spirit uh, present uh, and at work, too. Yep. Do you know what it says, and how they say it's a God because they think it's not the definite article? Do you, do you know any other passages that have a non-definite article that are definitely talking about a singular? Well, uh, in, I think, verse 18, uh, uh, no one has seen a God at any time. Talking about the Father? No article. <laughs> there are actually many passages uh, with no article speaking about the Father that they pronounce uh, in many uh, used to it. It's how it came in through like German, uh, Jehovah. And so if you read like old commentaries, uh, early 20th century uh, and 19th century, I forget, maybe even King James, uh, they'll pronounce it Jehovah. And so there are many, many places. And so I guess Jehovah, Yahweh, is just a God. 
you end up with all sorts of inconsistencies and problems with that. And so uh, the Watchtower Society is extremely uh, deceptive and inconsistent and dishonest uh, in how they selectively translate things. Uh, and Greek doesn't have if indefinite pronoun, they don't have an indefinite article. It's for new information. And so it, it's asserting of him uh, that uh, the word, uh, in the beginning was the word, uh, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And so not having the article, it means this is being stated, asserted, identified, predicated of the word. The word's been introduced, now it's stating something about him. And so uh, if, if it had the article, it caused confusion. So well, The word order in that uh, statement is that God was the word. Mm -hmm. Is that? Yeah, it's... Uh, Theos enologos. Yeah. And we don't really have time to go into that, otherwise we'll never get into chapter two. So we can talk about that later and maybe even pick that up as a topic uh, sometime. Are you satisfied with the translation of Virgin But what that does is it violates, it violates the default order in Greek. And so it draws extra attention to, uh, to what's being identified of the word, what's being stated of the word, that the word uh, that the word was God. <laughs> you, you, can, you, can, you can put italics uh, on it uh, to draw, draw attention to it. Uh, and so uh, what the word was, was God. It draws more, more emphasis, more attention to it. Awesome. Do you have a question, Dave? But let's... No, let's Let's keep let's keep going. We'll we'll pick we'll pick that up uh, more. But that's really that's a really good question. So he created all things, and then in verse four, uh, in him the word was life, and the life that was in him was the light of men. Uh, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness uh, has not overcome it. And so. Here you have these pictures of even all the way back to creation, darkness, light, God creating all things uh, through him. Uh, and, the, and you have the darkness and then the word in him is life and the life that was in him is the light of men. He comes in to the dark, sinful creation and there it introduces John the Baptist whose role was to herald and to proclaim uh, the coming uh, of this one, uh, the coming uh, of uh, the Savior. And so these are themes that are developed all throughout uh, John uh, where he speaks about uh, that he, he's the light of the world, uh, that anyone who believes in him walks in the light and not in darkness, uh, that uh, they have the light of life uh, in uh, those who are united to him, who believe in him, have eternal life. Uh, and so all of these pictures of, of salvation and uh, new creation. And so uh, then he goes on to talk about John the Baptist. Uh, he came into the world. Uh, the world did not uh, recognize him. They did not know him. Uh, he came to his own. His own did not receive him. But those who did receive him, who were they? what were they born of? They were born of God. Uh, this is the very, very work of God, uh, not of, not of flesh, not of blood, this is of God. Uh, 
And so let's just go down then. Let's see, I have to move my notes up to just after verse 18. And so he then goes on to speak about the incarnation. Uh, the, the word became flesh, dwelt among us. We saw uh, his glory uh, coming on, on his mission to, uh, to redeem. And then going from verse 18, uh, no one has ever seen God, uh, the, the only God or the only son, this textual issue, uh, who is at the Father's side. Uh, he has made him known. The one in the very uh, presence of God uh, from all eternity, really looking back to um, first verse. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And now this introduces uh, John's testimony, uh, and we're going to see three days uh, in which he prepares the way. And so just as uh, God in the beginning, you had uh, the heavens and the earth, uh, you had uh, the waters of the deep uh, covering uh, all the earth, uh, you had the darkness. He takes the uh, uninhabited, uninhabitable, it's, it's not uh, ready, it's not prepared uh, for uh, those that are going to fill the creation, uh, and he brings light, day one where there is darkness. Uh, day two, he separates uh, the, the waters uh, below, uh, or the waters above from the waters below and uh, makes the heavens uh, above. Uh, and then separates uh, the uh, dry land uh, from the, the waters uh, and makes uh, the, the earth, the land, uh, and the seas and brings about uh, trees and fruit-bearing plants and, and vegetation trees uh, which he's going to give to his, his creatures. And so in the first three days, he's preparing the creation for day four, the luminaries, day five, fish in, in the birds, uh, flying creatures, water, aquatic creatures, in uh, day six, uh, for uh, the land animals and uh, man, the pinnacle of his creation. Uh, and here, in a very similar way, uh, John the Baptist, first three days, is going to prepare the way uh, for uh, the Son of God uh, as his herald. And so first day, uh, the uh, religious leaders will send representatives to question him, uh, and he's going to proclaim the one to come. Day two, Jesus is going to come and be uh, baptized, uh, and the Spirit of God is going to come down from the heavens upon him and anoint him. Uh, and then uh, day three, <clears throat> He's going to see Jesus and proclaim the one that has come, who's been anointed, uh, and two of his disciples are going to go following after him. So uh, we'll pay attention to how these uh, days unfold, and we won't be able to look at every detail, but I, I want to see how it's structured around uh, creation and the themes of uh, creation now in the beginning of the ministry of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, day one prepares the way uh, 
before uh, the representatives of the religious leaders and notice how the, when they ask them, who are you? <laughs> Why are you baptizing? Uh, his first answer is going to be who he's not. <laughs> and then after that, he will proclaim the one to come. He doesn't proclaim himself. Uh, he proclaims, uh, he proclaims uh, the, uh, the one that he was sent to prepare, prepare his way. So verse 19. And this is the testimony of John. Uh, when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, No. So they said to him, who are you? Uh, we need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am a voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, then why are you baptizing? If you are neither the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet. So it's been all negative who he's not so far. I'm not the Christ, I'm not Elijah, I'm not the prophet. And there's some irony there because uh, <laughs> there are places where Jesus says, you know, well, if you can accept it, you know, he, he's Elijah to come. But yeah, Elijah will come. And so there's kind of, kind of a play. There's a, bit of, uh, there's a bit of irony. There's an Elijah to come, and yet he comes in the spirit of Elijah, kind of like Elisha. Uh, the spirit of Elijah, God's spirit, was on Elisha. And he then uh, ministered uh, in such, in the power of Elijah, which was the power of God. Uh, and so you have kind of these themes, ideas. Yep. Well, yeah. No, who, I, I'm sure you're going to maybe you'll touch mm -hmm. on this, but who was the prophet the Pharisees are referring to? The uh, God or, or Christ, uh, Elijah, or the prophet? Who's the prophet? I always think of. Well, well, I think the, the prophet, the prophet, the prophet par excellence, the prophet of prophets, uh, is the King of Kings, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. But but like in Ma in Malachi, in Malachi, uh, in different places, you have kind of complex themes, and so God speaks about like a uh, a prophet who will prepare the way before Him when the Lord comes to His temple, uh, in. And I think he even speaks about like an Elijah to come to prepare his way. But then there seems to be one who's going to come later. And so you have kind of complex uh, themes and ideas and expectations uh, that are raised. So I think the Lord Jesus Christ, he's the, he's the judge of judges, uh, the priest of priests, you, you know, I mean. And so he, he's supreme uh, par, par excellence. Do they know that? He's the one who comes down from heaven and proclaims God's word, not from, from the earth. Do they know that when they hmm? ask the question? Oh, I, I think... I or are th they just giving a biblical construct from their study? Well, they, they, ha they have expectations, but there's also some confusion maybe in putting all, all yeah. the pieces together. And part of that also is with... In the Old Testament, Isaiah speaks in parables. <laughs> And so there are certain things in Isaiah where, okay, you have, uh, we had a study about uh, that the uh, virgin uh, shall bear a son and uh, 
you shall call, call his name God with us. And you see, you see fulfillment with Isaiah's son, as you keep reading, like in chapter 8. But then you get to chapter 9, and suddenly uh, the land that dwelt in darkness, a great light has shone. Those who, who are under thick darkness. Uh, and it speaks about, to us, to, to us, uh, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government shall be on his shoulders, and he shall be called uh, Wonder of a Counselor, Mighty God, uh, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government, there shall be no end. And you have these ideas built up. But then as you read later in Isaiah, uh, God rejects Shebna, the head of the house, serving Hezekiah. Uh, I'm trying to remember who he puts in his place. You have uh, Shebna, head of the house, and forgive it's on the tip of my tongue, but he says how he's going to reject Shebna, roll him in a ball, cast him away, and that uh, he's going to, to put this other on, and he will be a father to Israel, and the government shall rest on his shoulders, and he shall be a firm peg, uh, and uh, the whole issue, the whole house shall hang upon him. Uh, it talks about his faithfulness, but... Uh, his descendants after him, him and his descendants, uh, the weight will be too great, and it will all come down. Wait, he was drawing the language of that, but here you're expecting an everlasting kingdom. In the increase of his government, there shall be no end. It used the exact language. Oh, God's faithful to his promises, but you don't. It doesn't reach the fullness of the expectations. Hezekiah, he lived 15 years longer that's pretty good. You know, God gave deliverance, but it's not really reigning and living forever. <laughs> I mean, and so you have some of those things where even maybe it talks about God's servants even. You have the servant songs and such. And sometimes it speaks about Isaiah as God's servant. Cyrus is God's servant. Persian king. Israel. Uh, sometimes you have the remnant as a servant. Sometimes unfaithful Israel. His unfaithful servant. Uh, and so sometimes... You can have where, even like Isaiah 49, where some of it, it could be about Isaiah, but then as you keep reading and you get into Isaiah 53, it's kind of like, uh, and then read to 54. I think it's 54. I'll read beyond it. God's faithfulness to David, the Davidic covenant. Isaiah? <laughs> He's not... He's not a Davidic heir. And so he speaks in parables. And some of that may even be bound up with uh, God revealing and concealing from unbelievers, but also even from powers of evil and such. Uh, and so he speaks in parables. So sometimes you, you have that. You, you have uh, complex kind of expectations and for the covenants and the or, or it could be so, about Moses, yeah. but I wonder, and I think of Moses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Muhammad is the one we hear about all yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, more about him than Moses. So, and it, it ties, it ties Jesus to Elijah's ministry. I mean, he begins his ministry in Luke, uh, speaking about Elijah and Elisha, and tying it right there. And uh, he heals a, uh, the dead, the only son of a widow. And they say, a great prophet is risen among us. He healed him right by where Elisha healed uh, a widow's son. And, and Elijah, he, 
he raised uh, the dead as well. And so it's connecting them to Jesus' own ministry, and he connects his ministry not just to Moses, but to the prophets, especially kind of they're the prophets par excellence for their own day, but God wasn't done speaking yet. So, And so here it's been all negative so far. Now he's going to turn positive. And so they're asking about him, but pay attention to what he says. He's going to kind of turn the tables. So verse 25, uh, they asked him, then why are, you why are you baptizing? If you are neither the anointed, nor Elijah, nor the prophet, uh, John answered them, I baptize with water or in water, uh, but among you stands one you do not know, even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. Job for maybe the lowliest servant. I'm not even worthy to untie the strap of uh, his sandal. Uh, these things took place in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptizing. So he proclaims and heralds uh, to uh, those who were sent as representatives of the Pharisees uh, and the religious leaders, uh, priests and Levites. And then look, verse 29. The next day, day two, he saw Jesus coming toward him. So he proclaimed the one where we already saw it began uh, that uh, in him was life and the life was the light of man. And John proclaims, John was not the light, but he came to testify of the light. There was the true light, lightens every man, uh, come into the world. He enters into his creation. So you have all these kind of day one themes bound up in John's pro proclamation uh, day two of preparing the way. Uh, verse 29, uh, the next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing in water that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness. I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize uh, in water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Or in. Uh, and I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. And so the Spirit, heavens are parted, the Spirit descends. God separated the, uh, the, uh, the wires above from the wires below, and he named them heavens, day two of creation. And now the Spirit descends from the heavens as he's being baptized in the water below. <laughs> uh, echoing back, uh, to creation, and he's anointed uh, as uh, the Son of God. Uh, in sonship, you have all, all these themes and ideas uh, going back, well, is, well, going back to the first man. God created him. And so he, he was as a son, as his representative. Uh, in David, well, Israel is called the firstborn. Moses says, you're the sons of the Lord your God. Uh, David, uh, firstborn, uh, Psalm 89, 
Uh, and you see with Solomon and those after him, God promises an everlasting dynasty, an everlasting throne, an everlasting house to raise up his offspring after him. And so uh, whether Solomon or Hezekiah or Josiah, uh, they were sons of the Most High uh, as, a, as a son would reign on his father's throne as his vice regent on his behalf uh, to do his will. So God appointed David and Solomon and his descendants after him, his progeny to, uh, to reign uh, on his behalf as his vice regents, to uh, reign as God would reign, uh, to shepherd his people as a servant shepherd. And that's what all, all the rulers, they, they were to be shepherds of the people. Uh, but see, time and time again, uh, the leaders disappoint and fail. And so you have all of those same ideas bound up and wrapped up with it, but you also see far more. Here's the one who existed as God and with God from all eternity. Here's the one who came down from heaven. This one is the son of God far beyond uh, David ever was or Solomon or Hezekiah or Josiah, uh, any, any of them. Uh, in the Israelites, you're the sons of the Lord your God. Uh, and so you see all of this, but so much more. And so now look, uh, verse 35. Uh, the next day, day three, preparing the way, first three days. Uh, the next day, again, John was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. Uh, the two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day. Third day, over. They stayed with him uh, that day uh, for it was about, or it, it was the 10th hour, which would be about, I think, from starting at like 6 in the morning, so it would be around 4 p.m. Uh, afternoon. And when it becomes dark, they go to bed. So uh, th they stayed with him that day, went to where he was staying. And you think about those who... They abide with him, abide with Christ, uh, with him. You have these things kind of develop throughout. And so now his first disciples join him. Uh, so they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the 10th hour, third day over. And now we're going to notice another sequence uh, of three days uh, elapsing. Uh, and this is the first, where the day, day ends, and then we'll see uh, two more uh, along the way. So uh, transitioning from end of day three, and then four, uh, five to six. So day three was the tree. Yeah, and uh, the earth uh, and uh, prepared the uh, earth, uh, the seas, uh, and the fruit-bearing uh, plants and trees. So I, I think there could be some things. We'll, we'll revisit this. There are certain temple themes uh, as far as like sacrifices and the altar uh, that 
uh, may fall on uh, day three, uh, and even some, some of the uh, baths for washing and such like that. But also here, you also have not just new creation, but he's preparing the way for the Lord and for his, uh, his ministry of salvation to redeem uh, his people. So you have both creation uh, mixed in and such and structured around that, but also Jesus' uh, unique mission, uh, not the exact same as the one he did before. So, so they stayed with him that day. Uh, uh, it was the, uh, the tenth hour. And so now uh, we're going to see uh, Jesus, the way he's been prepared, now calling uh, his disciples uh, to himself and them now testifying and proclaiming uh, much as John did. And so verse 40, uh, day four. Uh, one of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus uh, was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. And the other, I think, was probably the Apostle John. Hmm. He, does, he doesn't mention his name. He's always anonymous. <laughs> and he'll come in at the end, too. A lot of these things at the beginning or tied at the end. So, uh, One of the two who heard uh, John the Baptist uh, speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. Uh, he first found his own brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ, or in English, anointed. Uh, he brought him to Jesus. Uh, Jesus looked at him and said, uh, you are uh, Simon, uh, the son of John. Uh, you shall be called uh, Cephas, uh, which means uh, Peter. And you think of, he knows his own, he calls them by name. Uh, some, of, some of those, we're going to see that uh, with Nathaniel uh, too uh, after this. And some of the things, I mean, even with like uh, anointed, uh, we can't touch, touch on uh, everything here, but the anointed he doesn't draw on it, on it here, but a lot of times you have association uh, with uh, day four and with the, it's like in numbers, with like Balaam's uh, prophecies and proclamation, uh, a star shall arise from Judah. And so you have like the creation of the luminaries. Uh, and then in, I think it's with uh, Lazarus, uh, he's informed that Lazarus is sick. And then he waits two, waits two days. And so I think uh, day two, day three, and I think it's on the fourth day, says uh, that Lazarus has died, they'll go to him. And those, while it's day, uh, 12 hours in a day or whatever, uh, while it's day, uh, those who walk in the light do not stumble, but those who walk in darkness uh, stumble and fall. Uh, while I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. And so... Uh, being with Christ. So there are places where you have these themes uh, arise like throughout his gospel. And so uh, here we see uh, one of the two disciples, Andrew, he now goes and testifies the anointed. Uh, and so the Lamb of God and uh, the Son of God and you see all of these titles and names uh, for him. Uh, and now, so we saw that they stayed with him all that day. One day elapsed, uh, first of these next three, day four. And then, uh, verse 43, the next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. 
So we have a second date elapse. And so day five, from day four to day five. Uh, the next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. <coughs> he found Philip, and Jesus said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. So they're traveling along the way. He's calling his disciples to himself. In verse uh, 45, Philip was just called. Uh, Philip found Nathanael and said to him, uh, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So we, we have found him, uh, the one of whom Moses in the law and all the prophets wrote. So in the scriptures, all of God's uh, prophets and spokesmen spoke of this one to come. And then Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And so what's Nathaniel's response? God, God has fulfilled his promises, the one we've been waiting for? Where is he? <laughs> well, uh, verse 46, uh, Nathaniel said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? <laughs> Nazareth, I mean, are, are, there any, are there any major prophets or priests or kings, you know, that came out of Nazareth? Uh, David, David Bethlehem, I mean, uh, born there, uh, Jerusalem, you know, the, 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 city, the city of God on Mount Zion. Maybe Hebron or, you know, Nazareth, really? I mean, uh, and so, you know, maybe, maybe a little surprise, unexpected, maybe a little skeptical, you know. Uh, so, don't go with it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious to see what this is. Give this guy a chance. See what he can and do. And so, uh, <laughs> Phil, Philip said, come and see. <laughs> uh, you know, show, show and tell. You know, if you're not going to believe it, well, come, come and see. And so, they were awake. He had to go find him. And it's funny, it said he, uh, we have found him. That's the one they spoke about. Well, Jesus, yeah, okay, they did find him and that they expected this one to come and now he's come. But Jesus found uh, Philip. <laughs> and he's saying, we found him. <laughs> so, uh, so Philip said to him, come and see. And so verse uh, 40, 47 uh, Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Could be speaking Bo's character, but also speaks his mind. <laughs> and just look, look at Nathanael's response. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Or from where do you know me? He disarmed him. I mean, he, so either if he's speaking about his character... From where do you know me? I, we've never met. And he wasn't there when he said this thing about, you know, Nazareth, you know, made that little dig. And so either way, it kind of throws him for, for a loop. From where do you, do you know me? Uh, and Jesus answered him, uh, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Philip had to go away and find Nathaniel and call him. Jesus knew where he was uh, even before Philip went and found him, called him, and brought him to see Jesus. 
himself. Uh, he, he knows what men do not, uh, which you see again and again. So before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Uh, Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Uh, Jesus answered him, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Which probably draws on uh, Jacob. God appeared above him and you have the stairway and you have the angels of God's heavenly stewards, ministering spirits, uh, sending, descending, reporting. God was present in his midst. But then even like in Daniel, you have the son of man uh, who went to the ancient of days and received an everlasting kingdom. Uh, and you have his myriads, his heavenly hosts and uh, such uh, all, all around him. And so it's drawing on kind of all of these ideas and expectations in scripture. Uh, he said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. So God active at work in his ministry. But then even, you know, thinking of his return when he comes with his ten thousands of ten thousands of uh, angels uh, with him. And so, uh, ver uh, chapter 2 verse 1 and on the third day or on day 3 uh, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee and the mother of Jesus was, uh, was there so we saw with John proclaiming uh, to uh, behold the Lamb of God his two disciples here follow Jesus uh, where, where are you staying come and see and he went uh, and they stayed with him that day it ends. Uh, and then Peter, you have one day elapsed. Uh, and then with uh, Peter, uh, you have the calling. Philip goes to him. And the next day, second day elapses. Uh, and then with uh, Philip and Nathaniel, now on the third day or on uh, day three. And so you have these sequences of first three days and then the second three days. Uh, as is in uh, creation. And there are also a lot of reasons why John frames it like that. Some of it we're not going to have time to probably get into, but things like thematic sevens and structuring uh, themes and developing around, around uh, creation. Well, sometimes they'll use certain like thematic numbers for like completion and such, uh, but also tying first three days, second three days ties it uh, to creation as well. Uh, and then also uh, you have where, so co connecting to creation, but then toward the end of his gospel, he draws a lot of connections uh, throughout uh, the gospel. You'll see his mother here in the, the wine. Uh, and then at his crucifixion, he refused to drink the wine, but he'll drink the, the gall. Uh, there, uh, and so you'll make uh, connections uh, with that, uh, also with his 
uh, the day that he, you know what day that he died on? Passover. Oh, no, well, no, he's crucified. Day, day six. Oh, day six. As you have the transition, he's buried for part of day six. As they're, as they're, as they're uh, slaying uh, the Passover lambs. Oh, yeah. For the Passover. Oh, okay. in, prep, in preparation. Yeah. And so on day six, which we've arrived at now for this new creation, but it's the second set of three days. Uh, on day six, he's crucified. He refuses to drink the wine, uh, drinks the, the gall or whatever, uh, and says, it is finished. And from him uh, poured forth uh, blood and water as they pierced him. Uh, and even speaking about uh, ideas we'll see like with the wine and such uh, that here you have uh, the one where uh, my flesh is true flesh my blood is true true drink uh, and with his disciples uh, takes the cup of the wine this is my blood uh, it's his new covenant his everlasting covenant uh, for uh, the, uh, the the salvation the forgiveness of sins for the many and so all of these themes and ideas are tied together. And so John can kind of frame things uh, in a way to develop and pull yeah, s some of these, make these connections. The of the Last Supper that they wouldn't drink the, the communion with yeah, them again yeah. until they were in heaven. Yeah. So of course, he couldn't drink it while he was being crucified. Never thought of that before. He bore the full cup of, of the wrath yeah. of his, the Father. And so... On the third day, uh, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus uh, was there. Uh, Jesus was also invited to the wedding uh, with his disciples. And now, think about back at creation. I read D.A. Carson, and he said, well, six days, uh, there wouldn't be anything significant about that. And so he went on to argue it was the seventh day. But you have the Passover that comes after this. And also in chapter 4, beginning with the Samaritan woman, you again have a sequence of six days, followed by, by a, a Sabbath uh, feast. Well, it ends with a miracle, and then a, a Sabbath feast in Jerusalem. And there's another big dialogue. Same thing that uh, we'll see here. And so if you think about the sixth day, the creation of man and woman, uh, the climax, the pinnacle, the finality of God's creation, bringing it to its close. Uh, you have uh, both chapters 1 and 2. First man, first woman, first marriage, union, joining, God breathing in the breath of life, his spirit, adjoining them in marriage and union. Uh, he creates the man from the ground, uh, the woman from, from the man's side, and unites them. I mean, like as a father, he gives the woman to the man. And he also gives them and provides them with all of the vegetation, all of the fruit-bearing trees and plants shall be for food for you. Uh, and planted the, the trees that were good for food, uh, that were pleasant to the sight, uh, the tree of life. All of these ideas, they're bound up and wrapped in here. And Jesus performs a creative work uh, and miracle at this wedding. So again, uh, just verse 1 and we'll read through on the third day there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there uh, Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples 
Uh, when the wine ran out, uh, the mother of Jesus uh, said to him, uh, they have no wine. So Jesus said to her, uh, woman, uh, what does this have to do with me? Uh, my hour has not come. Or it's literally, uh, what to me and to you, woman? Uh, now that sounds kind of bad in English. It's, it's not necessarily bad. In fact, I, I wish I could remember. I just heard it again in uh, Hebrew. I came across that phrase uh, in a context that was a good context. <laughs> and so it's, it's not necessarily, a lot of times call someone woman, that sounds bad and oh, such. Yeah. But, but listen, look, look at, her, look at her, her response. It's actually, look at her response. So my hour has not come. It's basically saying, okay, you know, I've got this, but my hour hasn't come. And so he always follows uh, the, the divine appointment, you know, in calendar. Uh, he's always, he's here to do his father's will, and it's all purposed uh, and planned. And, you know, later you have the drinking of the cup of the wine of the wrath of, uh, of God and such, and, and all of this that comes to a climax. But uh, Jesus said to her, woman, uh, what does this have to do with me? Or what to me and to you, that you know we're do this together or whatever. Uh, my hour has not come. Uh, his mother said to the servants, uh, "Do whatever he tells you." So she kind of gets okay. He'll he'll take care of it. Uh, is that is that the way you read Jesus' first section? Well, there there could be a little bit. There could be a little bit of like a, a correction and such, like uh, as far as like my hour has not come, but actually that phrase uh, isn't necessarily a negative phrase. It, it comes through as more negative in uh, in English. Now sometimes now, with uh, I wanna, I wanna so you, you could you could have like you could have maybe like a maybe a mild maybe rebukes too strong of a word, but. Uh, I was just, I'm, not even, I'm not even concerned about that. I mean, mm -hmm. he's standing her up, mm -hmm. maybe getting her attention. Mm -hmm. That's all well and good. Because mm -hmm. he could have said, Mom, he didn't do that. He's, he, 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 mm -hmm. It's like when you, when you call your son Mike, mm -hmm. Michael. Yeah. Something on that order is what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, that, that, could, that could be. Although I would say that, well, that in, saying in the I would sentence? say I would say that in Greek and Hebrew. I'm not interested in that as so much. No, that, what is he that, saying in the sentence? No, I would say woman doesn't come off quite as uh, strongly but, in, in Greek. What if it doesn't? Hebrew. What if yeah. it doesn't? I mean, I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. What is he saying? My hour has not yet come. Oh. What does it concern you? Yeah. Isn't he sort of saying, "Don't rush me"? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and when he says, "Don't rush me," is he saying, "I will not be rushed"? It will not happen tonight, or is he saying, well, we'll, we'll get off my case? No, we'll, we'll see. I think that's too strong. Uh, we'll actually see that he's going to perform his first miracle and reveal his glory, and his disciples will believe in him. So in some, in some, no in some, ways, in some ways, he wouldn't have done it if it wasn't purposed, but maybe he was going to do it anyway. <laughs> and so... Uh, one, one way or another, I mean, it fits into God's providence and uh, timetable, but, you know, maybe, maybe she, she's... exactly, Mom, maybe I'm going to do it anyway. Maybe it's, maybe it's kind of like... Kind maybe, of maybe it's kind of like... Well, no, maybe it's kind of like... Here, okay, she suggests this, raises this need. But, you know, that... 
oh, like he wasn't going to perform his first miracle in his ministry uh, on the sixth day as the way has been prepared for him and reveal his glory apart to his disciples without his mother suggesting, (laughs) you know, suggesting this as if it were her idea. You know, and sometimes it's kind of like uh, you see like with, uh, (laughs) and and there's a sense in which it's true, but you see uh, Phillips and Nathaniel, we found the Messiah. Well, actually he found you. And so you, you have, she's, she's testifying it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's on his, it's on his timetable. And so, and on his father's timetable that he's doing all of these things. Uh, so not strictly because, never, not strictly because she, she uh, hinted or something. It's easy to move past all that. So, but we have to keep, we have to keep reading. Otherwise we're running reading. out of time. So, uh, and so verse uh, four, no, I think a good point. I, I think that nuances it a little bit. So verse uh, 4, and Jesus said to her, so woman, uh, what, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not come yet. So she's maybe not running the show, so to speak, <laughs> or uh, he's not operating on her timetable, but, but on his father's. But she still picks it up as, okay, he's going to handle this. You know, we're not going to do this. He's going to do it. Uh, so his mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Uh, verse 6. Uh, now there, uh, a lot of times it, it'll show that they're not on equal footing or something like that. So verse, verse 6. Uh, now there were six uh, stone water jars there uh, for the Jewish rites of purification, uh, each holding uh, 20 or 30 gallons. It's really, a lot of times I don't use the word literally, I just mean like a kind of a wooden translation, and this isn't even that wooden, uh, holding uh, about two or three measures, two or three uh, measures. And and some of that's important as far as uh, connections uh, with, for instance, if you just take numbers in this chapter, they go up to 14, uh, and he, he he may even draw on as far as two or three measures, uh, so six jars, two measures, 12, uh, six jars, three measures, uh, eight, 18, 30. You may have 49 in there, but there, there's, some other, there's some other things going on. So either way, you see the themes the here. You see the themes that are right there in the text. Uh, so. We'll just read through. Now, there were six, yeah. A lot of times there are clues like that. Sometimes there are connections like that. But now there were six stone jars uh, there for the Jewish rites of purification. Uh, It's in God's providence. And he purposefully performed this miracle. All right, these jars, fill them up, you know, uh, each holding uh, two or three measures. Uh, Jesus said to the servants, uh, fill the jars with water. Fill them. Uh, and they filled them up to the brim, fullness, you know, completion and such. Uh, and he said to them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. When the master of the feast tasted the water, now become wine, and did not know where it came from. They're always not knowing. <laughs> Doesn't know the source. Uh, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, while the master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, everyone serves the good wine first. And when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. 
but you have kept the good wine until now. Drunk freely, it's really, they become like inebriated. Then they serve the, the, poor, the poor wine, you know, maybe their no. senses are a little dull and not as concerned about the quality of what they're drinking. And so uh, once they become inebriated, uh, then the poor wine, but you have kept the good wine until now. So that's unique. <laughs> this wedding, he's saying the bridegroom's done it. Jesus did it. Uh, this is the first of his signs Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. And so providing at a, at a wedding the fruit of the vine, you have all the fruit-bearing uh, vegetation and plants and trees, uh, and the union of man and woman. Here he provides, here the one through whom all things were created and apart from whom nothing was created that has been created now performs a new creative miracle and act to manifest his glory before his disciples on day six of his ministry. The beginning of John. You even think about a lot of times wedding is used for the kingdom uh, and even Moses uh, the Nile is at the beginning of the new year. Uh, the Nile, uh, water turned to blood. Here now, water to wine. And one uh, biblical commentary, the Bible knowledge commentary, uh, just even remarked on that you had this judgment uh, beginning. And we already see connections with Moses right before this. There are going to be more after uh, in Numbers and the Torah. So there are a lot of connections. So uh, John may also... Uh, connect just some of these themes and ideas and Jesus in performing the miracle. You know, that's, uh, you, you couldn't even dream this stuff up. But here, an act of blessing, showing God's presence, his provision, uh, his uh, blessing and of the, the kingdom of God. A lot of times, uh, the wine of the blessings uh, that you see, like with Jacob, Balaam, uh, Moses, that we've seen like in the Torah and such, uh, and throughout the prophets, uh, a lot of times, speaking of wine uh, with the kingdom and God's uh, blessing for the people. And so he manifests his glory, uh, the creator who has now entered into his creation. Uh, and even with, I think I forgot to point out day five. Uh, day five and two correspond like in creation. Second in each sequence of three, where uh, the angels ascending and descending uh, from heaven, the heavens opened up. And the heavens opened and the spirit of God came upon him when he was in the waters mm -hmm. and baptized him. Mm -hmm. And so you see these connections throughout. And if we had time to keep reading, you'll see him then go to Jerusalem, Passover feast, a Sabbath feast. Seventh day, I was on the 14th of that month, but a Sabbath feast. And then a lengthy discourse by him. And he casts out the money changers and the animals and such that were in the temple. That's what the first man should have done with the serpent. Cast him out. Uh, like Joseph. And he refused. No, I will not listen to you. And to his wife, no, I will not. I will not do this thing and sin against God. Jesus, though, goes up to his father's temple and he clears it out of all of the, of the money changers and the riffraff and the animals and such. And then in his, with Nicodemus, when they say, he says, 
What sign do you give? Uh, destroy this temple in three days, I'll raise it up. This temple's been built for 46 years. It's been built 46 years, Herod's renovations, and you'll raise it up in three days? And it's three years later, 49th year from the renovations. Jesus, he's the temple of God, the temple of the fullness of the Spirit of God, because he is God in the flesh. With Nicodemus, he even alludes to uh, in the wilderness as the serpent was raised up, so the Son of Man must be raised up on the third day. And so you have all of these creation themes and Torah themes and ideas uh, in his ministry and his discourse to reveal these things. And you see kind of the same pattern in chapters 4 and 5, but we are out of time. So let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word and uh, thank you for just the majesty and glory and awesomeness of your son. Uh, truly, uh, he is uh, the creator of all things and uh, you created all things uh, through him and apart from him. Nothing was created that has been created. And we thank you for sending your son. Uh, we thank you uh, that uh, here uh, you did an even greater work uh, and that uh, the uh, the new wine is so much better than, than the old wine uh, and his laid down life uh, to uh, redeem his people, uh, to redeem uh, all of us, all, all who call upon his name for all time and all history and all places. And so we thank you for your son and thank you for your redemption and uh, your uh, new creation uh, in him. And we pray in his name. Amen.